0: Welcome to Antitrust Code by Concurrence. Concurrence is the leading antitrust database with over 30,000 articles on competition law. Concurrence is also the largest network of antitrust experts with lawyers, economists, enforcers, and academics in 85 countries. By listening to this podcast, you will learn the fundamentals of competition law and hear about the latest antitrust news thanks to our guests, the best experts in the antitrust world.
1: Hello, welcome to this new episode of Concurrence. Aurélien is the director of the Schumpeter Project at ATIF, the Information Technology Innovation Foundation. And I'm also adjunct professor at George Mason University. It's my pleasure to have today Gregor Longus. Gregor just offered very recently an article together with Vilain Lipatov titled Value Creation by Ad-Funded Platforms. This article is a very interesting article on a very topical subject, which is the ad-funded platforms and how to regulate them or how not to regulate them. Gregor and Willen are both economists from the Competition Fair, which is based both in Belgium and in Germany. So, Gregor, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Aurelia. So your article is titled, Value Creation by Ad-Funded Platforms. And of course, you look at how these ad-funded platforms create value. But before delving into this topic, can you tell us why this topic is important and why you felt the need to write on that very topic?
2: Well, so yeah, the first answer would be, that's what we do. We analyze topical competition policy questions and ad-funded platforms are topical and have been topical for the past 10 years, so to speak. There's been a lot of talk about how we should approach regulation of ad-funded platforms in particular. Ad-funded platforms collect a lot of data, some personal data, and process that, and that's been also an issue. And this debate has just been uh, you know, led from different aspects, some of which I don't think relate so much to competitive process, which is what I think competition policy should focus on. And we thought of, you know, clearing out a little bit this landscape by pointing out which of the issues are related to, you know, the competitive process in itself and how regulation and specifically asymmetric regulation, where you focus more on ad-funded platforms than you do on fee-funded platforms, could, you know, affect the competitive process, but then ultimately consumers.
1: Right. So precisely... You mentioned a number of aspects that we will try to decipher uh, in the next few minutes. But before delving into that question, I think it's important for our listeners to know what is an ad funded platform, because we may use that term quite broadly and extensively, but what is it?
2: Well, the short answer is that it's a platform that is mostly or exclusively financed through advertisement.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the longer answer would be something as follows. First and foremost, an ad-funded platform is a platform, Mm. and two things make a platform. That is uh, transactions between platform participants. That is how a platform creates value. So these transactions can be commercial transactions, or they can be social interactions on social media platforms. And the second thing that you need to have a platform, as we think of platforms in economics, that is two-sided platforms... You need some kind of network effect that cannot be fully internalized by setting prices for transactions or for participation. And in a nutshell, that's, you know, the situation where adding a user makes a platform more attractive for other users. Now, what's important, I think, is to succeed, that is to grow and remain relevant over, you know, a longer period of time. A platform must do at least three things right. First, it must find some new way in which to facilitate transactions. That is, it must innovate because displacing an incumbent platform by offering more or less the same service, it will not typically work because they are larger platforms, incumbents. They typically provide more value to users on account of network effects. Second, platform must find a way to uh, nurture these network effects. Like, you know, it must find a way how to match user to user or user to content manage congestion, uh, make sure that abuse doesn't happen. And for this, platforms typically use data, sometimes personal data. And finally, most importantly, perhaps, it must find a way to monetize mm. the value that it creates. Right. And it must monetize it in a way which doesn't stifle you know, those very network effects, which the platform nurtures to create that value. And an ad-funded platform is one which you know, found it optimal to solve these three problems by adopting a model whereby users get service for free. Of course, somehow it must monetize and in exchange for the free use of the platform, platform collects personal data, shows user advertisements and advertisements then pay for, for clicks yeah. on their ads.
1: Yeah, that's a very important third point is precisely the what well, you focus on, monetizing, just making the platforms economically viable, because at the end of the day, platforms won't survive if it doesn't make money. And then we have in mind a lot of examples of platforms just die because of a, a lack of monetization so that's why it's so important for platforms to be able to monetize in the long run and so why do ad platforms are so important and why do they attract so much attention both from the public i would say because when we talk about the main ad funded platforms we have in mind there is a lot of let's say, press coverage and things like that, but also from the regulators and the enforcers. There has been an avalanche of reports, of studies thinking about ad platforms. Why there's so much attraction about that very model of advertising funding platforms?
2: Well, there's a confluence of factors, and I can list a couple, I think. And first this they simply touch very many people. Everyone knows YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, many people, most people in the Western world use these platforms and they use them to communicate with their friends, but also to communicate with the world at large, mm. to get news, also fake news, form opinions of socio-economical, socio-political issues. And as such, platforms are just important from a political perspective, also to politicians, They speak a lot about them. The second thing is more relevant to this antitrust aspect. They're large, these platforms. They have many users and they hold a certain degree of market power, some of them. And they are large precisely because they need to be large to create this value because of network. But Mm. because larger platforms create more value for each user compared to small platforms, they are also then hard to displace for Mm. smaller wannabe rivals. And that's that antitrust aspect. And I think the third aspect, which, you know, at least in the past has been very important is that they collect personal data and that hinges on privacy. And we are generally uncomfortable and we have some kind of urge to protect some areas of of our lives from the prying eyes of the public. That's something that, you know, comes instinctively and we are very Mm -hmm. sensitive about it. So I think it's this confluence of factors that attract so much attention, even somewhat disproportionately then in antitrust uh, arena, I say.
1: Right. Yeah, I think there's real concern for privacy, but at the same time, people still want many of the free services and the free products that are offered by those platforms. So I think there's been a discussion about how much you would be willing to increase the privacy standards, even though that leads to the service that you use for free now being charged. And I think the consumers are still very price sensitive, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Free is a very attractive price.
2: That's right. And, And not only because it's lower than a positive price, but also because it avoids this hustle and transaction costs where you need to take out your credit card and pay for something because you're not even sure how valuable it is for you.
1: Mm. Agree. And and just one point that's just come to my mind in this discussion is like also advertising in online digital advertising itself displaced traditional advertisers like print advertisers or tv advertisers itself it's not only the competition on the platform of the service or displacing a number of actors but it's the market for advertising the ad tech market if you want to call it itself put major pressure on print advertising or tv advertising or traditional advertisers and that is an aspect that's often overlooked don't you think so
2: Well, it is overlooked, I think, maybe by casual observers, but I Mm. don't think it has escaped the attention of regulators around the world, right? Mm. I mean, they are concerned that because of this move to online social media networks and so on, that traditional outlets, which where we traditionally got news, now they're no longer so attractive. So they can't finance independent journalism, for example, Mm. and so on. So I think in that respect, that's just another Aspect why these platforms are interesting from the regulatory point of view, not only from antitrust perspective.
1: In your article, you make the case and you explain very clearly a bit like this dichotomy between ad-funded platforms and fee-funded platforms, because at the end of the day what's just what we discussed, there's a price. So if it's not ad-funded, there will be a price, then that's the fee. So there's a, a balance and some ad-funded platforms are partly some fee-funded aspect and reverse wise. Do you agree that these ad-funded platforms, because of their nature, because of their characteristics, should have a stronger focus and, let's say, perhaps more aggressive antitrust enforcement, as opposed to the fee-funded platform?
2: That's precisely the question that we address in this paper with William. Look, if we agree that competition policy enforcers should be concerned mostly or exclusively with the competitive process then i think the answer must be no so ad-funded platforms do not in itself merit more attention from antitrust enforcers than fee-funded too and that's because in the same set of circumstances there's no reason to think that ad funded platforms are more prone to interfering with the effective competitive process compared to fee-funded platforms and i think the focus on ad-funded platforms, you know, actually comes from this idea that competition policy enforcers should be concerned um, with more than just the competitive process, that they should incorporate privacy and certain socioeconomic or political considerations into their analysis. Now, ad-funded platforms certainly trigger some privacy and sociopolitical considerations. I do not dismiss that. It's just I'm not an expert on these aspects. But what I do think is that it would not be wise to import those aspects into competition policy, and we do focus on competition policy questions, so as to show that you know from the competition policy perspective, in the same set of circumstances, business model. We don't mean to say that shouldn't be taken into account. It should be taken into account. You should understand how mm. the platform does the business. But there is no ex ante reason that we see or we find in the literature which would merit some kind of an asymmetry in this, you know, ex-ante focus.
1: So what you're saying is that there's no real need for a presumptive approach against platforms like having a a skepticism. I think you can even make, that's what you say in the article, you could perhaps even make the opposite argument saying that because it's free, there could potentially be a presumption of consumer benefits, of consumer welfare. Just the fact that it's very hard, I mean, without staying in the chicago school of consumer welfare standards is only limited by lower price because it's much broader than that but also low price or zero price is perhaps a strong indication of a consumer benefit or a grant. it doesn't mean that it cannot be anti-competitive but they should be perhaps you know in the balancing an aspect that is strongly taken into consideration which is the free services right mm. so in order to be anti-competitive what i'm saying is that the anti-competitive effects must be much greater than in a traditional market because the benefits are much greater
2: we economists we like to approach things analytically so you know i wouldn't even have any such presumption when you put a model you kind of on the table right to assess mm. something you yeah. know you objectively or at least, Kate okay, there's always assumptions. Sometimes there is a focus and focus might sometimes feel like an agenda. But mm. what you want to do is you want to put the proper weight on the basis of some assumptions on multiple factors, including the price. And our results do not really depend on whether something is free per, per se. Of course, free is better
0: mm. than
2: for consumers than a positive price, but it might come at the expense of yeah. you know, less privacy, um, it may come at the expense of uh, poorer service mm. and so on. So this is part of the analysis. And I think just proper weight should be given to all these considerations. But I agree that this view that services may be for free, this was maybe 10, 15 years ago in competition policy enforcement. It was a problem because uh, you know, agencies didn't really know how to deal with the price of zero. Uh, but I think we're past that. I think mm-hmm, now yeah. we know how to, analyze that and correctly incorporate it into the analysis
1: i totally agree um i think this aspect like oh it's zero price so therefore we don't know Go how past, to apply antitrust yeah. we know two-sided market looks at the other side looks at the other aspect and i think this argument is pretty weak and we know how to apply antitrust
2: right
1: in, uh, in free service. so let's move on on the ad funded business model specifically because the article is precisely Thinking about how to monetize and how these ad-funded platforms create value and are, at the end of the day, economically viable. So, how these ad-funded platforms can create value for users? What are the circumstances and that you discuss in your article?
2: So, you know, in our paper, we compare ad-funded and fee-funded models. Mm-hmm because this is the aspect that we wanted to analyze. So an important part of our research, if you like, is circumstances in which ad-funded model is more apt at creating value for users, because obviously the platform chooses which model it to adopt, so you have to understand when it will adopt a certain model. Mm -hmm. And to understand when ad platforms have an edge over fee-funded platforms in value creation, you need to appreciate that platforms exist to facilitate you know various kinds of interactions among platforms participants and when i say interactions i mean you know transactions on for example marketplace platforms or interactions social interactions on social media platforms and it should not then come as a surprise that the answer which business model is better suited will have a lot to do with the nature of these interactions in a nutshell ad funded platforms are more likely the way to go when there are strong positive network effects that are associated with interactions on the user side of the platform. And mm-hmm. when charging a positive fee would sort, sort, somehow destroy or stifle this positive network effect. You know, then you may ask, okay, when are these network effects important and when a positive fee would stifle them? We discussed this in some detail in the paper, but let me just summarize shortly. And the circumstances are when you have many transactions And most of these transactions would create relatively small value, like posting, viewing the post, engaging with the post by posting a like and stuff like that. When the value of each interaction or transaction is uncertain and potentially asymmetric across those engaged in these transactions. For example, if you look at social platforms, you see there is a lot of asymmetry. Some individuals have a lot of followers, they're pivotal, others have very few, but they are important nevertheless because they are the audience. Some posts generate a lot of engagements. Others just go by without even a a ripple. And then transactions on these platforms that are often ad-funded also create value for people who do not actively engage except as audience, right? Mm -hmm. So now if you have a platform which facilitates transaction like this, consider it deciding to charge a positive transaction fee for a post or a comment or even a membership fee per month. What will happen is some users will pay this fee, but some will not. And the platform will lose some users. And those users who have paid will have fewer users with whom they interact, which will make participation for those paid users also less valuable. And next month, they will not pay anymore. And once this whole cycle starts uh, unraveling, then you no longer have a functioning platform which creates value. This is a classical network effect. But they are particularly strong in the context of interactions on social media platforms where ad-funded model dominates, right? And in the presence of such network effects platform, I just say, okay, look, the best way to create value, to preserve, to generate and preserve these network effects is that I charge users a zero fee. Of course, somehow it must generate money. And this is best done in a situation like this by attracting another user group. In this case, it's the advertisers and then, you know, charging the advertisers for clicks.
1: Yeah. That's a very interesting point. Like these small positive transaction fees that the the platforms could be willing to to introduce, that could have like, as you just said, like exponential negative network effects. Like- Right, not always. Yes, not always, but suddenly a wide range of users just crowd out and there's a crowding out effect that it can be very sudden. As the network effects are created exponentially, they can be destroyed exponentially, right? It's hard to create those network effects. It's very easy as well to destroy them because the network effect would benefit on other platforms and the consumers with their feet at the end of the day. So that's a very interesting model. And I think that's something that enforcers need to be clearly aware of. The free uh, aspect is very inclusive because as you just said, introducing a small fee will discriminate against many users who won't pay that fee right
2: that's right and some you know if you think of facebook instagram etc many users audiences that are important for people mm-hmm. posting there don't even have a credit card right yeah and some don't have a you know a lot of incomes yeah. sure. and not a lot of purchasing power yeah, so they won't do it but they're important as, as audiences nevertheless so
1: yeah so it's inclusive to have a free platform so and, and then you will think the, the opposite you just mentioned whatsapp for example There was positive transaction fee before uh, WhatsApp being acquired. And then suddenly, because it was kind of removed and, and funded by advertising whatever the Facebook model, then people switch on uh, WhatsApp. But would you use WhatsApp as often if it was uh, chargeable and you have to, ch- to pay for sending exactly. messages, whereas you could send messages through iMessage or, or even Facebook Messenger or through uh, emails or whatever? I don't think so. So I think there's a great crowding in effect when you have these free services all crowding out effect when you introduce as you just say, this small positive transaction fee
2: look there are alternatives for whatsapp and free alternatives uh, you mm. mentioned some but you know there's viber there's telegram and as long as there is a free alternative i think you know even two euro charge maybe even per year
1: That's will determine that can be a very prohibitive cost for some people who just wouldn't want to do that So this alternative between the ad-funded platforms and the fee-funded platforms, it's interesting because you engaged in that discussion in the article, but when is the ad-funded platforms model better than the other fee-funded platform model? Do you see some market circumstances or different characteristics that enable you to draw some characteristics of what are the best factors for these ad-funded platforms to emerge and to thrive?
2: For art-funded platforms, we went through a list of factors. It has to do with the nature of interactions and type of external effects that they generate on users that are not directly engaged in this interaction. So the network effects, and that's what we discussed. So perhaps, you know, it's best if I just make a comparison to the fee-funded model now and and explain when that is a better choice. And again, you know, it will have to do with the nature of interactions on the platform. When you see it, some of the platforms that we know and love and are fee-funded, you see that interactions that are quite a bit different from those that take place on, you know, ad funded platforms. So think of Netflix, think of Amazon as a merchant market platform. They facilitate commercial transactions. That's where they create value. And these are quite a bit different from transactional social networks. And let me just highlight two features. First, commercial transaction has a relatively well-defined value. You're buying a product. I'm not saying it's perfectly well-defined, but you're buying a product. You know how you're already engaging with, with, with the seller of that product, either through, you know, um, when you're searching or when you are uh, considering the purchase, when you're going through characteristics. And that value is typically significant. So, you know, if I manage to buy a laptop cheaper online, it's going to be significant value from that specific transaction. So in contrast, many interactions in which you engage on Facebook, they have low value and and sometimes you don't even know whether they're gonna trigger some response. Maybe they ultimately generate a huge response and becomes a huge value, but typically it's small. And the second difference when it comes to 500 platforms is that an individual commercial transaction does not have strong external effects on other commercial transactions that are taking place in parallel. It does have some through reviews, through product reviews, but apart from that, It's a thing that happens between a specific buyer and a specific seller. I don't know what you're buying on Amazon and you don't know what I'm buying and you don't care Mm -hmm. what I'm buying. We just Mm -hmm. don't interact. We interact with the merchant. So you have basically two things on merchant platforms. You have a good sense of the value of transaction and this allows the platform to kind of fine tune the commission such that it does not deter the buyers and sellers from going through with the transaction. And second, you don't have this strong network effect which means that even if a platform does stifle some of the trade because of the commission it charges, it will not destroy value also for other buyers and sellers that, by charging that. So what I'm saying here is that the choice of a business model, you know, ad versus fee-funded model, plays a role in value creation. And in some sets of circumstances, one is better, whereas in another set of circumstances, the other uh, model works better. Right
1: yeah that's a very interesting point because you can see in your description a kind of continuum between the ad-funded platforms and fee-funded platforms it's not like a black and white questions is the platforms itself can move toward more fee-funded and go back to ad-funded and this makes me think that enforcers have to really take into consideration the fact that all these different business models compete with one another right it's not You have ad-funded business platforms compete only with ad-funded business platforms. And and the fee-funded business platforms compete only with, you will define a market that is so narrow that you will only exclude, you exclude different business models. Business models, I mean, platforms compete also on the basis of business models of how you interact, right? Would you agree with that characterization?
2: Indeed, there is a lot of interaction. Now, you know, it depends on what sort of service you're looking at. Mm -hmm. When we think of, well, some ad-funded platforms are even combined, ad and fee-funded. They may have a premium service, which is advertisement-free or less advertisement, and you pay for it. Netflix is a pure subscription-based model, so a Mm -hmm. fee-funded model, and it competes probably with attention, for attention, to some Mm -hmm. extent, with YouTube. So, you know, there is a degree of competition there. Now, how exactly but but amazon you know doesn't compete so much directly at least with uh, youtube for example even though they both advertise and in some sense and, and you can follow up so how exactly to what extent they compete would be a matter for analysis in the exact set of circumstances you'd have to look at that and antitrust enforcers are apt at, at doing so but yes i mean there is a whole lot of different types of interactions competitive interactions going on between you know, these platforms. Some interact very closely. They are in tight competition. Others, uh, they interact less closely and they are in a more loose. There is a more loose sort of competitive interaction between them, but it's a gray world. Actually, there is a lot of color today in Brussels. So Mm. it's not so gray, but, um, you know, it's not black and white. We do model it a little bit as a black and white. So we say, okay, immediately when a platform switches from zero fee. To a positive fee, it becomes a fee-funded platform. Mm -hmm. But that does now in no way kind of like limits the Mm -hmm. relevance of the insights that we obtain.
1: Yeah, that's the difficulty of having economic models for the sake of simplicity and the complexity of business life, which is not that clear cut. But that's why we need economists, I guess. What is the risk for a greater regulatory uh, approach to those ad-funded platforms. I mean, in Europe, you have the Digital Market Act, you have a number of proposals, number of uh, also investigations and, and activities taking place to regulate, I mean, the collection of da- data by those platforms and how they compete. And even in the US, you have these antitrust bills and those proposals. I mean, the FTC has engaged, has set for 2022 its priority to report on what they call surveillance advertising or right. surveillance like the very aspect of collecting data is now called surveillance there's definitely a regulatory push specifically toward ad-funded platforms which rely so much on data a bit less for fee-funded platform as you explained i see those uh those regulations the, the point of those regulations like privacy whatever but Every regulation has, of course, considerable unintended consequences. Can you tell us about those potential unintended consequences and these these legal risks or regulatory risks that these regulations may have when having a strong approach to ad-funded platforms?
2: Before I go there, let me say that I do think that privacy aspects should be regulated, but they should not be incorporated, I think, into competition policy analysis. And that is because, well, there's a number of factors there. One of them is that more privacy does not necessarily or often even lead to a more effective competitive process because you know transparency of information actually facilitates trade, facilitates interaction. Exclusion. Well no, that's a different thing. you know more privacy there's a, there's a big literature it's it's young, this literature, but there is already big literature that finds that more data you collect so that you can, for example, better target customers with advertisement, that can, not always, but it can in a wide set of circumstances. There's a lot of scope for that to improve competition to the benefit of customers, right? That's one aspect why I think privacy is not, you know, and and now imagine the competition authority which says, oh, privacy is good. Well, but we know that privacy can actually, more privacy, less less targeted. Advertisement can actually harm consumers because competition then on the platform will be less effective. That's one aspect, right? The other aspect of privacy is that is there really a very tight link between how much data you collect and the level of privacy that you get? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think privacy is largely about trust, how you use the data that you're going to collect. And here I am all in favor of setting the rules of the game clearly and enforcing on that. But for me, it's a matter of product safety regulation, if you like. Some positive steps have been made in that direction, I think. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I'm hopeful. I mean, it's still, still a long way, but also some uh, things, I think, were put into various regulations uh, inadvertently that make things uh, more difficult for a lot of firms. So I don't think it's still an area which can be improved quite a lot. In the context of, of our analysis, we looked at the risks associated with uh, stricter asymmetric regulation of ad-funded platforms. And before I go into a little bit more the Mechanics, let me say that very simple terms. When you have a single platform, like a monopolist platform, you know, in a stylized model, the risk of stricter regulation is quite intuitively that it would make ad-funded model potentially less profitable. And, you know, we're not worried about that just for the sake of it. The -hmm. problem is that as a consequence of uh, being less uh, profitable, ad-funded platforms uh, may choose them to invest less in attracting end-users or even switch to a fee-funded model. And in circumstances that we spoke about earlier, when ad-funded model is more apt at creating value than fee-funded model is, that will quite clearly result uh, in uh, harm to to users. And in a setting where you have several platforms that compete, the additional risk is that competition will be less intense as a result of a switch from uh, ad-funded to a fee-funded model. But in our model, we did focus on uh, on data collections uh, and on restrictions on data collection, which inadvertently affect ad-funded platforms more. It's not exactly an aspect, an issue of asymmetric regulation because you know we're not speaking about ah ad-funded platforms we will regulate more, but it does, and we can't deny we cannot deny that affect funded platforms more because they rely on personal data to target advertising and in turn create revenue that, that they need. And we ask the question how such restrictions on data collection may affect the incentives of platforms to adopt ad-funded model and how this in turn will uh, affect consumer welfare. And it's rather straightforward to see how data collection restrictions will make ad-funded business model less attractive for the platform. We know that to improve the relevance of ads, the platform needs uh, personal data. More relevant ads are more likely to generate sales. And advertisers will be um, willing to pay more per click when an ad is, you know, more likely to result in a sale. And the platform may not immediately switch to a fee-funded model if you restrict data collection. But when you do so, because you know now they can no longer sell their ads for as much money as before, this also affects negatively the incentives of these platforms to attract users and keep them engaged, and by offering them valuable experience. Uh, I don't know, certain services by innovating, investing more in that. And this uh, harms users and it harms the competitive process. But we also looked at what happens when the platform does decide to switch to a fee-funded model. And we see that this is likely to harm end users in several ways. So Mm -hmm. first one is that some users will choose not to participate. The platform charges a positive subscription fee. This reduction in the number of participating users will reduce the value of use or participation to the remaining users. Those that remain will have to pay a fee. That's an obvious effect. Mm. And um, there also will be transaction costs related to paying positive fees. So that's, you know, even if you have only one platform that is in a market, but if you have competition, we also see how degradation in data quality because of restrictions on collection of data can lead to weaker competition. And that's because a decrease in the fee that advertisers pay for a click will trigger an increase in subscription fee or, you know, fee that you charge for interaction, to which then competitors will also react by increasing the subscription fee. So you get these effects across the board.
1: It's clear that, uh, as you very well pointed out, that the regulation can push and can inevitably incentivize transition toward uh, fee-funded platforms, which itself may not benefit consumers and have this exclusionary aspect, on some consumers who may not be able to afford that. I remember there's one antitrust bill in the US, which interestingly almost like make a, an exemption when the platforms pay a fee. And it's not that one of those obligations are not applicable when the platforms charge a fee. But this is the, uh, one of the obligations are applicable When it's about collecting data. It's it's as if like a fee would be a sort of exemption. You know, like because you charge a fee, that means that you don't need to collect data, Mm -hmm. and that is almost like an antitrust exemption. And I think that definitely overlook the consumer benefits of having a free product. Doesn't mean, as you said, that we should disregard privacy concerns, but at the end of the day, I don't think we all services to be charged to consumers because that will have a very strong discriminatory aspect on lower income consumers. So I think it's very interesting because we see this regulatory push that somehow perhaps by default favors free funded platforms because it's a simple model that relies less on data. So it's very interesting that you you pointed out. Just before closing, what is your main recommendations? First for uh, regulators and, and also like, what is your next stage of research from this paper? You identify some ways to perhaps better research on how higher quality of data may have some aspect on your analysis and how data quality can improve monetization of the platforms. What is better data? That's perhaps an area of, of research. So what would be your advice for the regulator and what would be your next stage on this area?
2: Well I hope it's not too trivial but you know my advice would be not to have not to follow the instinct to think of ad funded platforms as inherently more prone to being naughty in the antitrust sense that is not the case consider that even if some ad funded platform is not going to change the business model because you slap additional regulations or look at them more stringently than you do the fee model, it may still compete less intensely or have a less of an incentive to attract additional users and keep them engaged by providing more valuable experience and to consider the urge. And I think in that sense, you know, my sense is that EU and EU regulators actually are quite good at resisting the urge to import considerations such as privacy social political socioeconomic considerations now I saw you cringing there a little bit so you, you're probably not agreeing with me but I think they, it's hard to resist this temptation and it's hard to resist the push to do so but uh, I've seen practice when it comes to implementation at least if, if we look at you know most cases mergers but also antitrust cases, there is I think some hygiene in that respect not to import too much, those considerations. But also, you know, things like, sometimes we see also things like, okay, privacy is almost like price or it is like a quality parameter. That's mm. not the case. More yeah. privacy, more quality does not make competition less intense, but more, more privacy can. Yeah. So this type of fallacies, people should avoid. That's the basic. Yeah. This is just political talk, not policy talk. Mm. So that, that would be my advice.
1: Yeah, perhaps I'm less uh, optimistic on the European. I think we see the German push
2: that I was talking about earlier. I yeah,
1: think German authorities and their activities and their leadership, uh, their initiative in terms of pushing, including privacy into antitrust is. I yeah. think would be unavoidable for the European Commission when okay. they the, the digital... That's what I'm saying. Like...
2: But if that is a real risk, and that's what I would say, okay, look, privacy is not like quality. It's not like a price or, you know, the inverse of a price. Yeah. It has impact yeah. on competition, on competitive process. And also, it's not as easy as saying more, less data, collecting less data is better than collecting more data because it leads to more privacy. Privacy is a much more complex issue than how much data you collect. It's how you use that data.
1: Yeah. I think you made the case very well. And it's very important to have that in mind. And I recommend every listener to read your paper. So I recall the title of the paper Value Creation by Ad Funded Platforms, Gregor Langus and Villan Lipatov. It's a CES IFO working paper. It's available on SSRN published in January 2022. It was a pleasure, Gregor, to have you and to engage in that discussion. It was a very interesting article, and I look forward to have it published in a journal and continue discussion with you.
0: Thank you,
2: Olivier.
1: Thank you.
0: You listened to an episode of Antitrust Code by Concurrence. If you want to read more about this topic, check the Concurrence website, where you can find all relevant articles. Follow us on Twitter at CompetitionLaws and join the concurrence group on LinkedIn to receive updates on our next podcast.